Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The latest breaking news, and yes, there is some. Ooh, I just walked in here, New York 1. Breaking news. Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of Manhattan, will now say that crimes must be prosecuted and those convicted must go to jail. He is uh, updating that crazy lunatic memo that he wrote of day one on the job about a month ago. Everybody, appropriately, um, went bananas on him. It makes no sense whatsoever. Armed robbery, according to Alvin Bragg, could be considered a nonviolent crime. As long as the shooter doesn't pull the trigger, he can pull out a gun and may not necessarily go to jail. This is the kind of lunatic crap he was talking about. Uh, everybody in the well, not everybody in the world. A lot of folks here in New York, certainly Joe Biden didn't pressure him. Doesn't look like uh, Eric Adams really pressured him. I guess the police commissioner sent off a memo vaguely critical. Uh, anyway, look, so publicly, at least he's saying that he's going to get with the program and you'll see he'll get a lot of credit for that. Oh, Alan, Alvin Bragg has seen the light. It, it, wow. Our prosecutor, a month on the job, is now conceding that there is a right and there is a wrong. And the wrong, those convicted, must be pro- must be punished. And by the way, if they do something wrong, uh, they should be prosecuted first, right? And you know what? You can determine if somebody does something wrong without actually having first convicted them. That's called probable cause. Prosecutors and police do it all the time. Anyway, um, Alvin Bragg. Well, I guess that – is that progress? I mean, it's just a, a – I guess it's a small step back to something sort of like normalcy, right? Something sort of like normalcy. Um, Hey, I told you guys for months that Eric Adams was a big joke, had nothing, nothing going for him whatsoever, except the clothes, except the whole vegan diet thing. All right. Yes, he's slim and he looks great. Fantastic. Good for you, Eric. But you've got nothing to offer us. Uh, I saw uh, a display yesterday at Police Plaza, a building I love. I've been going there since I was, how old was I? I first uh, walked into that building. I was in first grade. I was six. I went to go see my dad get promoted to lieutenant. It was the most exciting day of my life. I thought it was so cool going to police headquarters. Wow. Well, anyway, that beautiful auditorium. There was Joe Biden with about 70 members of Congress, the most ridiculous, time-consuming photo op I've ever seen. And from Eric Adams, I saw a combination of ignorance, obsequiousness, really kissing up to Joe Biden. And, um, yeah, just Eric being Eric. Let's see here. Cut 46. Now, remember, the president of the United States is sitting right next to him. All right, go ahead. There is a reason they call me the Biden of Brooklyn. (laughs) Mr. President, Eric Adams is reporting for duty and ready to serve. Ready to serve. It doesn't work that way, Eric. What a suck up, huh? (laughs) uh, But that's what it's going to be. Photo ops, uh, little sound bites. 
You want to know what Eric is really like? Found this today. It's been circulating. I wish I saw this when he was running for mayor. This is Eric Adams letting it all hang out in front of the people. He's a candidate for mayor, and he's very high on his own supply because he knows how this uh, system works here. He knows you only need a few thousand votes to get the Democrat nomination, and then you're in like Flynn, you know? So uh, here he is, again, running for mayor. And listen to some of the racist stuff that he says. And his he seems to embrace uh, the idea of financial kickbacks. Go ahead. Hello. Hey, you guys are just looking Every at it. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when you kicked law enforcement. Hey, stop right there. Did you hear that? He kicked those crackers' ass. Now, I believe cracker is uh, anti-white. I, uh, I I find it offensive. Can I hear that again? Take it from the top this time. You guys got it together back there? You give each other nervous looks. Everything good? All right. Three, two, one, hit it. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when you took the law enforcement. Okay, Miss Sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain, you know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. I'm called again. So it's so interesting. I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, these Negroes, boy, these Negroes that wake up every day and don't like themselves, yeah. they're going to beat me up. Stop. <laughs> He'd rather be smoking weed, but no, he has to do this for us. Well, have at. I think he's smoking weed anyway. He said he's going to smoke weed. He showed me the weed. He showed us all the weed on, on the Stephen Colbert show. This is the guy who's mayor. This is how broken our system is. And he got the job because uh, he's black. All right? This whole law enforcement thing is a fantasy. All right? He knows nothing about law enforcement. He said it himself. He, uh, what did he say? He set those crackers on fire in the NYPD. Well, not really. He was just a pest. He was not interested in law enforcement. He was a minor irritant running around. It's like, imagine you hire somebody uh, for a job. And the first day on the job, they go on strike uh, protesting the conditions. All right. That's the kind of guy he was. Just one of those headaches, a headache for HR and for everybody else. You notice Al Sharpton doesn't work for anybody. Okay. Al Sharpton, right? Al Sharpton would not be such a great employee. Uh, What else did he say here? The people who say, where's our real black leaders, they're going to say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, Negro, you run. You run. Stop. Did he say the N-word, a version of the N-word? He kind of, yeah, yeah, he said the, uh, I guess, the updated but still obsolete version of the N-word. Whatever. It's just uh, not, um, not a good way to speak, in addition to... He's not a good speaker, right? I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I hear I hear grammatical problems. I hear the misuse of words. I just it's uh, this is not uh, this is not an educated person, even though he has a master's degree. Somehow, keep going. Seven million dollars. You know, go through this hit. Let me tell you something, man. They are lining up. Eric can't be mayor. In the corners of the city, they are lining up. They know me. 
They know what I'm about. And they know what I'm going to do as the mayor of the city of New York. Listen, we're not going to play this game. We're taking 30% off the top of MWBEs. Not saying give it to a majority company to pass through. No. We're going to take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%. The 30% is going to go straight to the women and minority-owned business. Now, let me... Uh, well, number one, um, it wasn't... I didn't want him not to be mayor for what he was going to do. It was for what he was not going to do. Anything. He doesn't know how to do anything. That's why we opposed Eric. He has no skill, as you can vividly tell. M-W-B-E. I think that's minority women-owned businesses. Is that what he's talking about? And he wants a 30% kickback or something like that? Wow. Talk about a guy high on his own supply and probably not aware that the cameras are rolling. Um. That's very, very, very odd. And there he is signing up for duty with Joe Biden. Was anybody impressed with impressed with him yesterday? There was nothing, nothing of substance. He came here to talk about guns, assault rifles. Assault rifles are not used in the crimes that we're seeing here in New York. All right. They're small guns and they're illegal. You can make it harder to get an illegal gun. There are only eight people who have gun permits in all of New York City. It's extremely hard to get an illegal gun. They're going to make it a legal gun. They're going to make it even harder. Great. Who cares? It's the legal guns, the illegal guns you want. And stop and frisk, by the way, is a great way to get them. They have totally, totally walked away from that. Uh, Joe Biden embarrassed himself and the country, actually. He, you know, I, I don't care for him. I don't agree with him. You still kind of feel bad you know, the whole world sees it, that this guy is a joke. A cut 47. And this doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no violation of a Second Amendment right. We talk like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon and when the, this, this uh, amendment was passed. And so no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons. But that's another issue. Yeah, that's another issue. It has nothing to do with what we're confronted with here. A cannon. <laughs> I just, uh, is, I, does any, you can't buy a cannon. I wanted a cannon. Everybody loves cannons. I took a, I took some pictures of people on cannons yesterday. It was kind of funny. I just, everybody has sat on a cannon. You know, when you visit some old fort from the Civil War and you take a picture with a cannon. So, um, oh, it's Black History Month. How could I have forgotten? Black History Month. You know what? It's condescending and demeaning to all, especially, I believe, the African-American community. The idea that we're going to talk about, I just, history is history. Black History Month? Would we ever have White History Month? No, it's insane. That would be... Borderline racist. I, I think they would say that's white supremacist. Don't you think? That would be not good. All right. I have, uh, what else did I want to tell you about? Oh, regarding Black Lives Matter. You know, they had this kind of a memorial today for the, what would have been, I think, the 27th birthday of Trayvon Martin. 
Remember Trayvon Martin? The legend goes he was this innocent little kid on his way to the 7-Eleven to buy Skittles. And racist George Zimmerman was scared by a black person in a hoodie and opened fire. Now that's the fake news slash Barack Obama version of events. It's all a hoax. In fact, there's a movie and a book called The Trayvon Martin Hoax. I suggest you watch it and or read it. I think you can get it on YouTube. Everything about this story is a lie. By the way, George Zimmerman was found not guilty. Uh, one of the witnesses, witnesses was lying. I mean, just outright lying. They made the entire thing up. And this moment, this hoax, helped give rise to Black Lives Matter. If you go to the website, Black Lives Matter, they say Trayvon Martin. Out of Trayvon Martin comes Black Lives Matter. And it did. But you know why? Because Barack Obama was actually losing support in the black community. It was going down. It was going down fast. So what could they do? Could they talk about the responsibility of black fathers like he did in 2008 when he was running for president? No. They had to talk about white racism. That's the problem. That's what's keeping us down. And the rest is history. Be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Anybody watching the Olympics? I am uh, not watching the Olympics, not because they're in China, although I don't like China. I don't like the government there. They are screwing us over in big ways and small. They've been buying off our leaders for a long time. I'm not going to sit back and give... NBC that hard a time for how they're covering this. I see everyone's all over Savannah Guthrie uh, for something she said that I think was factual. I guess they had a Uyghur, one of those Uyghurs. Uyghurs are like Muslim slash Chinese minority community in Western China that have been uh, persecuted, if not outright genocide conducted by the communist regime. And they had a Uyghur there to light the torch or was front and center during the ceremony. And this was like, I think she said, this is an in-your-face move from China to the diplomatic community because everyone's upset about this. Now, there are a million reasons to be upset with China. COVID, the Uyghurs, trade, unfair trade practices, a million things. Uh, Uyghurs are one of them. Uh, and I think she kind of called it out that's what it was this was some sort of in your face move and what else do i have to say about that look i mean my phone right here happens to be an iphone all right they it, it came from china let me see where this cup was made let's just see made in china the wabc cup with greg kelly's it's, it's made in china let's see where's this phone they got a landline phone Made in China. My clothes. Ooh, made in Italy. But you know what I mean. Everything we own is from China. All this stuff we get is from China. That doesn't mean we like China. That doesn't mean we approve of what they do. That just means they make stuff for the cheap, on cheaply. And um, where the hell else are we going to get this stuff? I know American made's great. How much would the iPhone be? If it were made in America, I don't know. I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of The Godfather. Your father did 
business with Hyman Roth. Your father knew Hyman Roth, but your father never trusted Hyman Roth. That's kind of like it is with us and the Chinese, right? We do business with them, but we don't trust them. And we're not going to. We're not supposed to. We can't trust them. They want to take over the world. So why is it that Nancy Pelosi and others are putting out such lame statements? They seem to be rolling over for the Chinese. And she said this this morning, and it reveals so much. It's something that Peter Schweitzer calls elite capture. The Chinese have been buying off American politicians in big ways and small, indirectly and directly for decades now. Most notably, Joe Biden and right behind him, well, Hunter and then and then Nancy. Can I hear what she said, please? Listen to this. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that. But I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. Um, You should be protecting our athletes. We should be ruthless if our athletes are mistreated. Did you hear that? She's warning our athletes to behave in a specific way, to not cause trouble. Because the Chinese, why? They bought her. They did. They own her. They own Joe Biden. Is it making sense why the hell we had two impeachments? Why they rigged an election to get Trump? Right? You see now? You see now? You see how Trump was talking about China? How she talks about China? How Joe does? You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. How about Nancy? Now, when I say she was bought off, you got. Well, I'm going to show you this on the Newsmax show tonight. You know, 20, 25 years ago, she was hanging around with the Dalai Lama. She was going to Tiananmen Square. She tried to get arrested in Tiananmen Square to show solidarity and all that stuff. The Dalai Lama, you know, the Chinese hate the Dalai Lama. Hanging out with him really sets them off. So what happened? Mm, several million dollars happened. Okay. China became the big boy on the block to do business with. Back then, not so much. Now, yeah. Lots of ways to get rich doing business with the Chinese. And uh, that's what's happening. Peter Schweitzer's book is amazing. It's called Red-Handed. Red-Handed. Check it out. Hey, we got to con- support these conservative um, writers and authors and uh, social media guys because I agree with them and because, you know what, in the big picture, there are very few. And big tech is stacking the get the deck against all of them. You hear that, Fox News? You know, Fox is really they are something else. Ever since Roger Ailes died, who gave who had a soul and gave soul to that place, I don't think the people running it really know what they stand for, what America stands for. They're just kind of afraid of the audience, usually following the audience. Uh Roger Roger knew the audience just intuitively. He's He was from Ohio. He understood America the way these people don't, and they're always playing catch-up. 
they're always uh, – let me show you. Did I play you this yesterday? I did it on the TV show last night. It's pretty good. You got that back and forth when they interviewed Jen Psaki? Uh, yes, we do, right here. Cut 28. Now, one thing. Did I tell you about this? Uh, they were teasing Jen Psaki all day long. You're going to hear the interview. You're going to hear the interview. And I'm like, oh, wow, i got to see this interview. I mean, Jen Psaki, we all know the press secretary. She's a liar. She's terrible. So they're really going to give her the heat, right? I mean, this is going to be one hell of a showdown. What a chump I was rearranging my day to watch this. This is just uh, this is earlier this month. Actually, I'm sorry, last month, January 20th. Jen Psaki on Fox News. Cut 28. Great to have you, and we have so much to cover with you. I want to start with the voting good rules. Good morning to you, Jen. By the way, it's hard to find two Bengal fans in the same room. And <laughs> That's we, right. And we've done it. Can I join the big, party? Big game this weekend. Big game on Saturday. Big, Go Bengals. We'll, we'll be well playing that. And hopefully there will be no breaking news that you have to deal with, Jen, during <laughs> the Bengals not. game. We will try to protect you from Thanks that. Thanks for being here. When the president said, looks at his watch and says, I guess I'll go another 24 minutes. I'm curious what your exact heart rate was at that time. <laughs> I'm a pretty chill person in general. I may not always seem that way in the briefing room, and that's what he's used to. So yeah. Jen, I knew he was yeah. having a good time. Well, I was Let's... having a heart attack for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Please come Thank back. You. We'll do it more often. Good, good luck to the Bengals, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Can you imagine a, a Trump spokesperson on CNN during the Trump presidency being treated like that? Now, oh, oh, Greg, you know, conservatives are just better people. Yeah, uh, okay, fine, but there's a limit. You know what I mean? You know, cut the crap. You don't have to kiss ass like that. Now, I believe that they were told to by one of the many bosses over there. They've got lots of vice presidents of this, that, and the other thing. And then they've got uh, a bunch of Australians running around, and they've got the board of directors and one person on the board. What's this guy's name? Paul Ryan. Talk about a sellout. Never stood for anything. Classic American politician. He gets to Congress. He's like the boy congressman. He's like 28 or 29. And, uh, you know, puts his nose down, uh, you know, just does what Congress people do, get reelected, um, learns about the budget. Great. Budget continues to balloon. It's not like he, you know, performed any miracles down there. Kept himself in shape. Led a clean life, good, and gets chosen as Mitt Romney's running mate. We all know how that went. Paul Ryan lost a debate to Joe Biden. He couldn't out-talk Joe Biden. Hell of a lot he brought to that ticket, huh? So he can't stand Trump. He just, I showed pictures last night. He's looking at, he's always giving him the side eye. Did not like Trump. So finally, he's had enough. And he leaves Congress. And when a speaker leaves Congress, that's a big deal. And I think I have that as well. Where do we have this? Uh, Okay, hit it. Go ahead. 29. An unexpected announcement rocks Washington this morning. Speaker Paul Ryan will not seek re-election. The House Speaker Paul Ryan announces he will not seek re-election. Another reminder of the difficult midterm environment for Republicans and of the dramatic evolution of the GOP under President Trump. So he goes out with a bang, right? And you know why they like going out with a bang? Uh, It's like waving the flag. I'm in business. Yep, you can hire me. And uh, he's very hireable. I went to his Twitter account yesterday. It says Paul Ryan. He's tweeting all the time. It's not like he's defunct. He tweets. He's out there. 
It says, Paul Ryan, 54th Speaker of the House of Representatives. And no, 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 no. It said, I'm sorry, Office of the 54th Speaker. Office of the 54th Speaker. Well, he's out of office, right? No. That's the whole thing. You keep it. You get to keep it. You keep it. The status, right? And then you sell it. And that's what he's doing. Why didn't you go back to Wisconsin and, uh, I don't know, wasn't he in the McDonald's business for a little while? Do something like that. Work like the rest of us. No, he cashes in and sits on the board over there at Fox News. And that's why Fox News went so right. I'm sorry, so left. And um, they did things like this. Hey, there was nothing worse than this on election night. Remember when they called it Arizona for Biden? Way, way, way prematurely. Go ahead. The Fox News decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign. Yep, it sure was. And it shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. As I pointed out last night, I am not a pollster. I can't project. I am not a political consultant or a campaign manager. However, I know enough about politics. I know enough about the numbers. I know enough about polling. I know enough about projection to know that that call was ridiculous. It was premature. And their call was decisive in some ways. And then they keep Chris Wallace around. Now, this guy, are you telling me he just did this on his own? I think he did it with Paul Ryan's encouragement, don't you? What am I talking about? Throwing the debate. Helping Joe Biden and hurting Donald Trump. Cut 34. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he giving tens of millions right. of dollars? But he wasn't giving right. tens of millions of dollars. Totally, that is totally discredited. We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor talk about, of Moscow, that's that not true. Gentlemen, that report is totally discredited. I, I, I Mitt think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' <laughs> money, that report. It was written for political you, reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. And that was it. And that was it. Mission accomplished. Donald Trump was uh, scoring some points. Now, Donald Trump, you know, I love the guy, but he has a little bit of ADD. All right. So they got him going on something else, and he never came back to the uh, corruption of Joe and Hunter. And uh, Wallace there, the fact that they did not fire Wallace the moment he got off set tells you a lot about Fox News, that he stuck around for another year making, what, six, seven, eight million dollars on that silly show, even though the viewers despise him shows Fox and their contempt for the audience, for the country even, are all worried about money and status and where they fit in in the swamp. And speaking of which, uh, the swamp, let's see here. Remember when that Jim Acosta, the White House correspondent, pushed the girl, giving, uh, giving him a hard time? The White House aide wanted the microphone back. Jim Acosta pushes her. So what did the White House do? The Trump White House revoked his press credentials, meaning... He could not get into the White House compound. He could go on CNN, say whatever the hell he wanted. He could do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. They just said, after pushing our White House aide, you can't come back to the White House. Well, they made it a big First Amendment issue, including Fox News. 
Fox News put out this ludicrous statement saying, Fox News stands with CNN and in their fight for journalistic freedom. Are you kidding me? And then you gave this ham, this idiotic blowhard, the opportunity to say self-serving crap like this. Cut 30. I'm very grateful for what happened today and uh, grateful for my colleagues in the press uh, who stood by us through all of this. Uh, you know, this, this was a test. And, uh, you know, I think we passed the test. Journalists need to know that in this country, uh, their First Amendment rights, uh, freedom of the press, uh, are sacred. Thank you, Jim Acosta. <laughs> I just, we stood with that guy. We, conservative media, I didn't. Newsmax didn't. Fox did. I can't really. Yeah, no, no. That's. Oh, by the way, Chris Wallace is home now. Home. Free at last, Chris Wallace. Free at last. Cut 35. The more people see of the world, the more likely they are to be better people. This is CNN Plus. You hear that? This is CNN Plus. That was Chris Wallace. Hello. Well, um, now he's at CNN. Oh, by the way, do we care what's going on there? Do you guys really care about that? I personally do not. I also have this weird thing, and I, I don't know. Maybe I should go into this or whatever, but yeah, I'll skip it. If you want to know about CNN, let me know on social media. I don't think you do. I think Fox and, and others are overplaying the whole darn thing. We got time? We got time, right? Uh, let's see. Laura in Pennsylvania. Hello. Hello? Yes. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. Second of all... Your show is phenomenal today. I am totally enjoying it. You're on the money. And I think Bragg is trying to save his job. But in truth, when he says that when a person points a gun at you, it's not a major crime, that's also given those perps the opportunity to shoot a police officer. And I think... Officer Rivera and Morris families, who they are heroes, should really sue Bragg personally and Eric Adams in the city. Because I thought it was illegal to incite a riot. And by encouraging people to shoot cops is not a nice thing. What's your am I wrong? Like, not at all. I think you got a great idea. I never thought of that, but I think you could tie this to. You could make the case that these guys were somehow incentivized uh, by the idea of no penalty. He came out with that on January 3rd. These guys were killed way after that. And I think that Burger King situation happened after Bragg got in there. I think you're onto something. I really yeah, do. I, I think everybody should sue him. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right, though. He is changing his tune a little bit, but it's so sad. You know what I mean? Like, they're actually, if he does change his tune, Number one, it'll take they're not going to look at the substance. They'll just, oh, he's saying the right things now, just like Eric Adams. You know, I'm not a big Mitt Romney fan at all, but he said one thing that's pretty smart. America has become a place not about what you do. It's about what you say. And you can get by and you can you can fool a lot of people by saying the right things. You know, so if Alvin Bragg does change his tune, it'll be a long time before anybody even notices if he's backed it up with actions. Just like Eric Adams, he said the right thing at in the right moment. 
Everybody overlooked what he did for the previous 20 years. You know what I mean, Laura? Yes. Yes. I think I think you are an absolute asset to the community. You are always on point. I love you for that. You're a great human being. Wow. All right, Laura. I wish I could send you a steak like Hannity does, but uh, one of these days, <laughs> I, I can't. Laura, I appreciate it. Very quickly, where in Pennsylvania are you? Well, I'm in Bushkill, but I'm a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. All right. I ran away from New York. <laughs> how, how, but you're not that far. I mean, you can get to Pennsylvania in like an hour and a half, right? Well, it depends. I'm, the, I'm two, two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's closer than some parts of Long Island. Anyway. Uh, yes. Yes. It's, yeah. it's a breath of fresh air here. Mm-hmm. All right. Enjoy, Laura. Thank you for listening. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Oh, Ida. Oh, wait a second. Ida, you hold that thought. I do have to take a break. I am going to get a non-caloric snack. I believe we actually have some of those. Be right back. Yes. Uh, hello. I'm going to play you something in Chinese. It's uh, it's all in Chinese except for one word. It's a Chinese professor. He's speaking in Shanghai at a major conference. And this guy is one of the top professors there. A lot of government officials are in the audience, top citizenry. And uh, he's talking about the new regime coming into power in America. All right. And how for a long time it's been very tough to do business with America because of Trump. And things are about to change. So listen, care. even though the guy's speaking Chinese, you will hear the word Biden. At one point, you got to listen very carefully. And here's a hint. Right after they say Biden, you, you start to hear some chuckling. Okay? Uh, let's see here. This is uh, Professor D. Shanghai, November 2020. Cut 53. This you hear it? Biden. Biden的基因，政治基因啊，这个建制派，他们跟华尔街的关系是非常密切的。所以大家看到吧，拜登的儿子被特朗普说你在全球有什么基金公司发现没有？谁帮他建的基金公司啊？明白吗？这边都有买
incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. She's straightening our athletes out. You should be straightening China out. It's really incredible. She's owned. you got to see tonight. I'm going to show you how she used to be a hawk on China. She used to be pretty tough on them. Not anymore. Uh, all right, real quick. Uh, Bill in New Jersey, yes. Hello, Greg Kelly. Hi. And thank you very much for being on the radio every day to get out the truth, which is so hard to come by these days. Mm. Here's my point. The two cops that were murdered, ambushed and murdered, they um, couldn't profile. They presumably hesitated. They had to be politically correct. They, they had to be careful not to infringe upon anybody's rights. Don't intimidate anybody. Don't scare anybody. And look what happened. Had they been able to go into that room with their guns drawn, they would have had a fighting chance. But they had all this other garbage in the back of their minds. Uh, You know, listen, hold on a second. I mean, number one, yeah, they are being handcuffed. Cops are being handcuffed. But you can respect rights. You can respect people's rights. You can. Constitutional rights. That's fine. That's appropriate. Uh, I hope you're talking about the crazy rules that the city council has come up with. Respecting people is part of what they do. Community, professionalism, respect. That I, I don't mean to conflate two weird thing, two things that are happening. The Constitution laws are great. The city council's version of that is bad, and that has inhibited cops and put them in a really awkward place. Does that make sense, Bill? Yes, it does. But the police officer, and obviously I can't really speak for them, but... Hello? Hey, Bill, do me a favor. i got to put you on hold. The music just played, all right? Stick around. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. So, really, uh, what are we going to do for Black History Month? I mean, uh, we have anything planned? We have any... uh, Look, I think it's kind of silly. I do. I think uh, it's demeaning. I think uh, history... I mean... uh, whether you like Barack Obama or not, he's a historical figure. You only talk about him in uh, in, in February? No. I complain about that guy a lot. <laughs> I'm hap- I'll happily do it in March and January and beyond. Frederick Douglass was an amazing figure. Do we only talk about him during February? It's just so silly. But uh, since they brought it up, and who's they? Well, the White House, they put out a multi-page statement on Black History Month. Oh, by the way, what's Juneteenth going to be like this year? What's it going to be like? It's going to be as big as the 4th of July? Remember that whole fake news story about uh, Juneteenth? Oh, Donald Trump was so insensitive as to have a political event. How could he have a political event on Juneteenth? And everybody's like, what the hell is Juneteenth? And black people are like, what the hell is Juneteenth? People don't talk about Juneteenth. I'm sorry. I found about... 27 moments where Barack Obama did something other than Juneteenth. On Juneteenth, he was cracking jokes with Angela Merkel. He was bowling. He did all kinds of things on Juneteenth and not mentioning Juneteenth. And I'm still unclear what Juneteenth is all about. 
the Tulsa massacre, a horrible thing, the Black Wall Street. But uh, anyway, Juneteenth, Black History Month. I think uh, it should not be relegated to one month. I think it's it's just offensive to. I think it would be offensive to people of color, to people not of color. I, I can't imagine an Asian History Month. We probably have one, do we? To to segment ourselves like that. But uh, they kicked things off on MSNBC this morning with a eulogy 10 years uh, late for Trayvon Martin. And I told you Black Lives Matter. It came about, they created it in response to the death of Trayvon Martin. There's a great big fake news narrative about Trayvon Martin. He's like this innocent little kid and uh, some weirdo vigilante by the name of George Zimmerman. No, it's not true. It's not true. Zimmerman was not convicted. There's evidence, proof, that Trayvon Martin tried to kill George Zimmerman by bashing his head on the sidewalk. It's there. It's part of the record. It's a hoax. The whole story is a hoax. And you know who pushed it? Barack Obama himself. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. Really? I put the uh, I put them together. They actually don't look alike. Remember when that was borderline racist? If you thought people of uh, color looked alike, and I could see how that would be insulting, but now it's uh, it's a mantra. It's a rallying cry. I want people who look like me. It would be so inspiring if somebody looked like me in the space program. How about a human being in the space program? I don't know. I guess uh, if I look back, if I'm honest with myself, uh, the people who have hired me in my life have been white men. Uh, honest with myself. That's just a fact, whatever. Um, by the way, whether it worked out or not with those people had, I don't think, much to, do, uh, much to do with being white. I think I told you guys the worst boss I ever had was a white Irish Catholic guy who hated my guts. Oh, man, this guy really tormented me. And I guess you would say in today's language, he looked like me. And culturally, we were like two peas in a pod. Uh, but this guy had a total vendetta, was out to get me. I'm not, I know that sounds a little bit paranoid, but he was. And um, <laughs> let's just say he messed with the wrong Marine, okay? <laughs> but uh, I won. Anyway, um, so back to Black History Month. Because we're celebrating Trayvon Martin, and I hear a lot about Michael Brown as if these are figures in a black history to be lauded and studied. Michael Brown Ferguson, remember that? Another fake news narrative that Michael Brown was, you know, hands up. My hands are up. Don't shoot, officer. That did not happen. He tried to take the officer's gun. An officer can't let that happen. Uh, Michael Brown assaulted a grocery store clerk. Michael Brown was six foot three inches tall, I think, and 200 and something pounds. Um, but they had a they had a version of the story and they liked it for political appeal. So Barack Obama could do better. So congressional Democrats could do better with black people. And we're living with the legacy of Black Lives Matter and all that fake news. 
And I think the perfect embodiment of it all is Eric Adams. We found that tape of him when he's running for mayor. Listen to this. You'll see a couple of things. Number one, he's dumb. Number two, he uh, likes to use drugs. Uh, And number three, he uses racist language. It's all here in one minute of Eric Adams. Uh, Shall we? Let's do it. I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department with law enforcement. Came a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. I'm called again. So it's so interesting. I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, these Negroes, boy, these Negroes that wake up every day and don't like themselves, yeah. they're going to beat me up. The people who say, where's our real black leaders? They're going to say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, Negro, you run. You run. He said N-word. $7 million. You know, go do this hits. Let me tell you something, man. They are lining up. Eric can't be mayor. In the corners of the city, they are lining up. They know me. They know what I'm about, and they know what I'm going to do as the mayor of the city of New York. What's he going to do? We're not going to play this game. What's he going to do? We're taking 30% off the top of MWBEs. Not saying give it to a majority company to pass through. No. We're going to take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%. The 30% is going to go straight to the women in minority-owned business. Now, let me... Uh, yeah, you see, there's, there's a lot there, huh? 30% off the top. That sounded kind of gangster to me. That sounded kind of mafia to me. Using the retro version of the N-word, calling white people cracker. And then he says, they know me. They know what I'm going to do. You haven't done anything. That's the problem. That's been the problem with you for a long time. And the way you talk about yourself, Eric, 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 in the third person. Who does that other than an egomaniac? Huh? Is that something or what? A lot of people voted for him. Well, not a lot. I already told you. In eight million, a city of 8 million, he got 3.1% of the vote. And ranked choice voting also known as rigged choice voting, was a big assist. So uh, there he is. And now he's on television a lot. And now he's wearing hats and scarves and and talking to, oh, he got to meet the president yesterday. He acted like an eighth-grade student council president who got to meet the U.S. president. You know what I mean? We got that moment where he's uh, they're sitting down together. And uh, go ahead, right? Go ahead. All right, you can't find it. That's all right. I'll uh, let me help you here. Oh well, skip it. He says, "I am the Biden of Brooklyn." Who would ever make that kind of comparison? Except the guy who's. Uh, oh, you got it. All right, go ahead. There is a reader's reason they call me the Biden of Brooklyn, <laughs> Mr. President Eric Adams is reporting for duty and ready to serve. That sounds very childish to me. Very childish. 
Oh, and as far as law enforcement ideas from the president who came all the way here to New York for a photo op to sit down and uh, talk about law and order. What's the next bite? The one where he talks about suicides. Joe Biden seems to think that cops are just going to show up and uh, blast, start blasting, right? Doesn't work that way, Joe, but that's his idea. Go ahead. We need more social workers. We need more mental health workers. We need more people who, when you're called on these scenes and someone's about to jump off a roof, is not just someone standing there with a, with a weapon. It's someone who also knows how to talk to people, talk them down. Cops know how to do that, especially emergency service unit cops. Uh, he has said that before, that cops should not show up, period. You don't need a guy blasting away at somebody who's trying to come down. He, he gets these ideas in his head. He stopped learning a long time ago. And as I told you yesterday, sometimes these guys change their mind. Uh, you got to bring them down. You know, that's you need ropes. You need cables. You need skill. You might need a helicopter. Is, uh, I don't know, Dr. Smith going to do that? Is uh, the school psychologist going to be able to do that? No, you need cops to do it. So it's the blind leading the blind here. And uh, why is he so weak? I think part of him is caught up with protecting his ass. And so uh, same goes for Hunter's ass. These guys have been compromised by China, by Ukraine. They've got weird financial engagements, entanglements all over the place, including, by the way, Nancy Pelosi. She's in this camp as well. One more time. She came out against American athletes and seemed to be defending the Chinese regime. You know, the Olympics started again. I can't stand it that they do the Olympics like this. It used to be we had an Olympic year. I remember 1976. It was uh, the Olympic year. Every four years you had the Olympics. 1976, they were in, uh, let me think, Montreal and I don't remember, but it was a Winter Olympics somewhere. 1980, Lake Placid and, uh, shoot, Moscow. We boycotted. 1984, L.A., and I think that was the Sarajevo year. And Russia boycotted us. 1988, Korea, and where was the, uh, I don't know. But you know what I mean. Now we do it every two years, every time you turn around and see Olympics. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi seems to think that uh, we better listen to China or we might get in trouble. Go ahead. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that. But I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. They should be worried if they dare, dare touch one of our athletes. All right? We are the ones who need to be ruthless when it comes to the safety of our people, especially our athletes representing America as they're over there in China. Be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Anybody have a TV on and see Fox News? They got a doctor on in a coat, and she's wearing a stethoscope around her neck. 
<laughs> like like she just came out of the examination room. I, I it just it's a little much. I don't know what it's just kind of funny. It's like an actor playing a doctor and being interviewed, and she's wearing a stethoscope. And by the way, what is she talking about? She's talking about uh, crime as a national health crisis. Okay, there may be something to that. I'm not making fun of her uh, idea. I don't know really. I can't hear her, but it's just funny to look at her wearing a stethoscope. I know doctors wear stethoscopes, but on television with the white. Anyway, textbook doctor, I guess. Good for her. The other thing is, oh, who remembers that silly guy, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman? Remember him and the phony impeachment? So, uh, oh, I love it. Uh, It's not as big as I'd like. I got a little Twitter war going with his uh, little brother. Let's see here. Um, I... This morning, he was on my mind because, you know, he's suing Don Trump Jr., the president, President Trump, a whole bunch of other people saying he was maligned, unfairly uh, kicked out, not promoted. And apparently he's suing under something called the Ku Klux Klan Act. Like this guy is some sort of civil rights pioneer. And I, I don't I don't know the ins and outs. I'm half considering having a lawyer come on to talk about it. But this is what I did today. I said, this dork is going to lose any lawsuit and be exposed again for the snake that he is. He should be locked up in prison, Vinman. And that goes for his equally duplicitous brother, Eugene. And it does. And you you know why my criticism rattles them so much? Because they're going crazy. It rattles them because they're not used to it. Okay. Uh, Most People haven't served in the military, so they feel uncomfortable taking them on. All right. Most people in the media are liberal. All right. They're not. They agree with them. Very few people in the media have military experience. I'm one of them. And I know these guys for the phonies that they are. And so the brother Eugene, I call the guy a dork. So Eugene writes back publicly. He says, Lieutenant Colonel Kelly, see Article 89 UCMJ. Disrespect toward a superior commissioned officer. Let's see what the Marine Corps has to say. Signed, Colonel Yev Vinman. So (laughs) a couple of things here. I guess he's still in the Army. He's still in the Army. And he's sitting around all day on social. Look, I consider I'm, I'm a civilian. The taxpayers don't pay me. But this guy is still getting a government salary. Uh, this is wrong. So I say this, I reply publicly to my 420,000 followers, by the way, if you want to find out what's going on, go to at Greg Kelly USA on Twitter at Greg Kelly. I encourage you, by the way, to read books, especially by conservatives, download them, at least buy them because we got to support these guys like Peter Schweitzer and follow folks like me on, on social media because they're always out to get us. So I write, wait. Eugene Vidman is telling us he's still in the Army, spewing partisan BS online at work? Wow. Such behavior was frowned upon in the pre-woke Pentagon. Now he's pulling that whistleblower crap on me. How does Eugene find the time? I'm blowing the whistle on Eugene. Uh, Sorry, Eugene, and it looks like Eugene just might be in some trouble. Okay? He can't be doing this crap. On company time, also known as our time, taxpayer-funded time. Be right back. The views and opinions.
opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors. What, do you want to boycott the Olympics? Why not? We've done it before. Easy for you to say. You didn't get... You didn't practice for the speed skating competition. Well, well, then we can have it somewhere else in an alternate site. They should have planned for it. Hey, let me ask you something. Uh, what kind of cell phone do you have? I'm talking through a car. I'm delivering. Okay, but you got a cell phone. You got a, you got a cell phone, right? Yeah, man. I mean, look, just about 95% of the stuff we own is from China. All the stuff, I mean... I hate China leadership. I hate the Chinese Communist Party. China people, great people. Chinese people, great people. I hate what they did to America with COVID. All that stuff. I just, I'm, I, I got to be, I got to be honest. I mean, I still buy my cell phone that was bought, made in China. Now, should I not buy that? Should I not? Should I throw out half my clothes? I'm all about buying American. It's tough to do. I. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. What do you think? What do we do here? I mean, I want to apply pressure on them. Do Politicians we... are bought off. Yes, I know. It. Nancy Pelosi, even that turtle, Mitch McConnell, he's bought off. Check his wife out. Yeah. I mean, how about some of our top news people on CNN? How about Rachel Maddow? Everybody's got their hand in the pie, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, you've intrigued me. How does Rachel Maddow, and I don't like her, crazy liberal, uh, how is she compromised uh, by the Chinese? She just sounds anti-American. Yeah. You know Everything what? I, I, I hear you, actually. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere she goes. She may not, I'm not. I don't think you're saying that she's getting money from the Chinese. But guess what? The Chinese, they want strife in our country. And they don't want Trump, obviously. And you're right about Nancy. Gosh, that statement she made. All right, Doug, I appreciate it so much. But I wonder, what the hell are we supposed to do about the Chinese goods, which are so cheap? Do I want to spend uh, a – how much is my cell phone? I don't buy a cell phone very often. I, this is a three-year-old cell phone at this point. Uh, David in uh, – no, Lori in New Jersey. Yes, hi. Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Good. What's up? Calling. Uh, I wanted to see if you've seen that video where uh, Senator Ron Johnson – had the nurses come and testify about what they've been seeing in the hospitals. Was it a couple of months um, ago? Yeah, very articulate nurse. Very yeah, accredited. I kind of remember. Yeah. yeah, we played some of that. Sure. Amazing. I, I just think, you know, with your platform, you're able to get that out there and let folks really listen to an intelligent, logical, you know, practitioner and what she's been seeing and how we really have overreacted and completely, you know, mismanaged this entire episode and, and, but, and but how it's it, it was a couple of months ago though i mean like like november i'm thinking right yeah but i don't think a lot of people have seen it i mean i banged uh, the hell out, i banged away on, at that i thought it was a big deal and maybe i should revisit it uh and see what else ron johnson's up to he's very very good Lori, thank you are you a nurse oh shoot we lost her that was our fault uh and neil in north carolina hi hi greg good to talk to you where in North Carolina to, are you? Wrightsville Beach. It's in the southeast corner. Yeah, I know where that is. You know, I used to live in New Bern. Yeah, you're just up the way, a little bit north. All right, so what's so, up? Nice town. So uh, you were talking about the uh, Apple and the iPhone. Yeah. And, and so I, I did a little investigation on what the cost of the iPhone is versus what it sells for, because a lot of people focus on the price of something 
and they assume it tracks the cost, but it really doesn't. The iPhone, the iPhone 11 Pro Max, which sells in the range of 1100 to $1,500, has an estimated cost of production of $500. So that's a 2X to 3X um, uh, price, uh, uh, sales price over the cost. And Apple, interestingly, is actually the third largest producer with 14% of the market on units with Samsung at 22. All right, so wait, uh, hold on. What are you saying? Like, it's not as cheap as we think it is to buy it from China? I'm, I'm saying that, yes, it, it's cheap, but it isn't the driver. Uh, they're just maximizing profits. It's, it, it's not like they would go out of business if they had to bring it back home, so to speak. But they're not a, they don't consider the U.S. their home business or their home headquarters. They're a global company, and they play that way. I under, as, well, as look, many others. can I you – know, one time I had to have some uh, – long story short, I had to get 1,000 refrigerator magnets made. And, you know, I went online, and I found the cheapest, best I could find, and uh, they showed up. And it never crossed my mind to figure out where they were made. Uh, guess where they came from? You know, China. I mean, how do we get – how do you fix that? How do you – and they're a corporation, by the way. I don't blame them for wanting the cheapest uh, – you know, wanting to keep costs low. I don't want to pay double for a phone. How do we deal with that? I mean, you're saying that Apple's kind of greedy or something like that, or they want to – that's not the be-all and the end-all. I mean, that's kind of commerce, though, isn't it? We want the cheapest. We want to maximize profits. Why shouldn't they have it made in China? Think of ter- in terms of a sustainable business, a sustainable industry. You have to play by a broader set of rules than just profit. I would think so. I mean, I would like to think so. That's nice. What do you do, by the way, Neil? You sound like you might be in academia. No, I'm not. I what do you in the do? biotech industry. But right now I'm scraping ceilings and plastering, so I had to come down off the ladder to talk to you. I appreciate it so much, man. Uh, wow. Wait, you scrape? Uh, why? They're going to paint it, or what's going on? Have you ever heard of popcorn ceilings? Vaguely, yeah. They- what is that? Yeah, they sp- they spray this stuff on the ceiling, and it and it hides a multitude of sins from the sheetrock guys. But huh. it it gets old and ugly, so you got to scrape it off and uh, re uh, re sheetrock all the seams, or sorry, retape all the seams, and then you get to prime it and paint it. Yeah, it's fun. I'll be careful anyway. on the ladder. My my beloved cousin Mike fell off a ladder not too long ago and really messed up his ankle. I mean, bad. It's dangerous work. I mean, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's. But it is. You can go wrong, right? But but to your question, how do we change that? Well, yes, <laughs> sustainability is part of it. I'm not into all this, you know, climate change uh, sustainability stuff per se. But there has to be something that says we don't do business in countries where the the you know human rights is is not even on their radar screen. Um, and that's the reason the costs are so cheap in China. Plain and simple. Human bodies are just parts in the, in the equipment, so to speak. Yeah, they don't really matter. No, you're right. So, you, look, you, you, but yeah, you're, you're right. I I got to look into this more. Could we live lifestyles independent of China? Uh, how do you do that? How do you go about it? Um, yeah, I think that's intriguing, and maybe maybe we could start something here, or maybe already yeah. it's already started. We can jump on anyway. Neil, thank you. Be careful. Interesting work. Interesting call. And at this point, I have time for somebody named Hudson in the Bronx. Hudson, is that your real name? That is my real name, Greg. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm doing good. Real quick, 
and I don't know why no one's talking about this. This whole Eric Adam thing seems like a it seems like a setup to me. It seems like they're just prepping him for 2024. Um, you know, they they got nobody. They got Mayor Pete, the little boy. They got Kamala, who couldn't even talk to like a six year old. Uh, Biden's gonna be eating like carrot baby food in a couple of years. They got nobody. Nobody. Uh, I I don't think it's gonna be Eric. I I just. I, I, I can't see that. I mean, granted, I could not see him as mayor, and look at what happened. So I, I think Eric, deep down, knows that he's not ready for that kind of stage, don't you think? I don't think he's ready for the stage that he's on right now. Yeah. But the, the card the card that he plays and, and the, the racial politics that he plays, it fits it fits right into what they're, they're doing these days. One thing, though, uh before I let you go, there's a movie that you really got to see because you talk about it all the time. Um, it's called Official Secrets. It's with uh, Kira Knightley, and it's a true story um, about a CIA CIA agent um, in Britain how she uh, how she blew the whistle, how people from America were getting paid off so they would vote on the bill to start that whole thing. You like it? Uh, Kira Knightley. I like her. Okay. It's called official, official secrets. I will check it out. Hudson, tell me a little bit about your life. What do you do in the Bronx? Uh, I'm a special ed teacher. What age are the kids? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. And what, yeah. what, are the, what uh, special ed? It's, uh, that's, that's a challenge, right? That's, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's yeah. difficult work, challenging, but I'm sure rewarding, right? It's a huge challenge. And, you know, I call I call the shows at night all the time, so I talk to, to you know, to Rita and to Dom and stuff. We all get right, into so you're a big caller. About- so I think you guys just call me. I, I get this in my head that you call me, and I'm special, but you just call everybody. But, Hudson, that's all right. Do me a favor, Hudson, real quick. The kids are wearing the masks, right? The kids are wearing the masks. I, I, you know, we got little kids in our, in our school, too. It's a sin, Greg. It's an absolute sin because these kids that are, especially the young kids, you got these young kids. They've never seen they've never seen their friends' faces before. These kids have been wearing masks for two and a half years. It's a sin. And in the summer, when the kids go outside, you got aides and teachers that are screaming at three and four year olds to put it up above their nose. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know, joke. oh man, we're talking about this on Newsmax tonight. I have two guests. I would love to have you. You can't come on uh, TV though, right? You got all kinds of rules about who can come on TV. They wouldn't let you do that at the school, right? No, absolutely yeah, not. And no. I also put on twenty. 20- 20 pounds during COVID. I don't need that being seen. So. I, uh, I know what you mean. Anyway, Hudson, thank you very much. Yeah, it is a joke, these masks. And can't see a face. you got to look at somebody's mouth. you got to actually, that actually, it's helpful. Emotionally, these kids are going to have a deficit, I believe, if we continue with this mask stuff. Damage has already been done, though. Be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. I got New York One staring me at the face in the face. I used to work at New York One. I loved it. I carried my own camera. I was there for about a year and a half. And uh, but these promos they're doing are right out of 1978. Just some guy walking around the community, phony waving to everybody. I it's just that it, it, it's just not the way we live anymore. Nobody knows anybody, and everybody's on their phone. It's just it doesn't look at all authentic. And then they had the woman walking around. And she was waving to people, but you couldn't even see who she was waving to. 
Who's that other guy? Who's that guy on the news on Channel 7 who's always uh, growing his hair long? And I see promos with him just walking around. What do those even mean? I've been in those promos myself. I was always embarrassed by them. I'm like, we should be doing something. It, like, I didn't complain too much, though. I thought a little promo was better than no promo. Hello. So um, anyway, I kind of rolled with it. In the meantime, all right, tonight. I got tonight's show, and tonight is Friday. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Uh, not really. I got to tell you, I've rewired my brain. Quite frankly, I didn't do it. The Holy Spirit did it. I am as excited on Sunday night as I am on Friday night. I actually feel I feel great on a Friday afternoon when work is done. I feel fantastic on a Monday morning. I wasn't always like this. I would dread Sundays. I would dread Mondays. I would, oh, if only the week would come to a close. I was like, okay, Friday night, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll 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 be happy with a few drinks, okay? Half a Saturday, not so much because you're groggy and whatever. And then then you get back into that. It's just a silly, silly pattern. Every day, I know it's been said a trillion times, but most of us don't have this in our head. Every day is a gift, a remarkable gift. We wish it all away. It's not the right way to be. It's not the way God wants us to be, I'll tell you that. I know that. Oh, I know that. And I only really started to get smart about the big things when I started reading the Bible. And it's a, it's a most popular book, but so few people have actually sat down to read it, including myself, until just a few years ago. Just a few years ago in the Bible, I can't understand any of that stuff. I don't want, oh gosh. And then I read one thing that seems like it might be, uh oh, uh oh, I can't do that anymore. I, oh, <laughs> this Bible is really going to put a crimp in my style. I don't know if I want any part of this. I was there. I, <laughs> anyway, now I know it is the way, and God will start talking to you through that book. When you have a question, boom, the answer is right there. It's incredible. And then things start happening. You start noticing things. It's 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 a beautiful thing. I, uh, it's, it's, I'll tell you on Monday. I'll tell you on Monday. It's just like when you see God has a sense of humor, by the way. He will laugh with you. He'll present jokes to you. It's sometimes so funny how obvious it is. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I had a friend of mine, I'm going to use her story first, who said she was on the train and she's like, Joe, God, just please send me a sign. Oh, I know it doesn't work like that. And then a truck came by and you know what it said? The blank sign company and sign was in big, 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 big letters. It was just, uh, he knows, he knows where we've been. He knows what's going on in our heads. He, I know he knows all the ugly stuff too. He still loves us. It's amazing. The opportunity he gives us. Anyway, all right, it's almost done, uh, the show, so I got a few more callers. Susan is standing by, has been for a while in Brooklyn. Hi there. Hi there. I just want to go back to your, in the beginning you were talking about uh, Paul Ryan, which really triggers me. I spent some of my youth in Wisconsin, and I just wanted to say he, it was a miracle that Trump got done everything he did, because Paul Ryan, um, he announced quite, 
shortly after President Trump was elected that he was going to step down, but that he didn't. But he didn't resign. Unfortunately, um, he stayed in there. Um, you know, milked it for everything he could, I guess. But um, he, they never. Uh, you know, they had this the House and the Senate. Can you imagine if he would if Trump would have had someone more supportive? Uh, what like Jim Jordan or even. <laughs> But anyway, did not address immigration or very little. Mostly what everything President Trump did was either executive order or by um, negotiating with the president of Mexico. So so those things were overturned. And and actually, even though the courts have told, uh, indicated that, that Biden is breaking the law, they just continue to do it with no repercussions. Yeah, but you know, too, I hear I you. Hey, listen, uh, he's a rhino. Uh, I, I don't even like rhino. I, I, that's not pejorative enough. And by the way, it gives too much uh, respect to Republicans because I'm not a fan of them. I really am not. Uh, I think Trump gets it. I think we should call the party MAGA and leave it at that. But this guy has cashed in. You're right. He was always out for him, and he did. He milked it. He milked it and tried to sabotage Trump. And now he's selling his office. His former office, the office of the 54th Speaker. He's got an office, the 54th Speaker. His website says Speaker Ryan. He's running around with that title that the American people gave him. And now he's worth tens of millions of dollars. It's disgusting, actually, Susan. I know, but we have to go forward. But I just wanted to get that off my chest. This is my therapy session. Listening to you is just uh, very inspiring in so many ways. Just. Um, I did what a lot of your other callers said. And just can you um, maybe expound a little bit more um, as a topic of this uh, situation in Georgia where they have on video one individual, um, I believe, got 4,500 ballots, which he's got $10 a piece for. Now, Georgia, mind you. I know, I know. Georgia, listen, uh, let me tell you about Georgia. Well, I don't have much to say other than I'm studying it. And we're going to do something big on it in about three weeks. So I'm getting up to speed on Georgia. There's so much there to work with. Uh, I'm not ready to go there yet, but I will. I promise you. And Susan, thank you very much. In the meantime, Dinesh D'Souza has a great film coming out, 2,000 Mules, I think it's uh, called, about voter fraud, which they tried to make illegal to talk about. It ain't going to work. Debbie in New Jersey, hi. Hi, you there. Um, I haven't talked to you in a long time, but I'm... uh, Welcome back. Thanks. I'm uh, worried about our U.S. um, Olympic team in China because a lot of born-again Christians, if if they are on the team, are they going to get um, corrupted by China because of... um, if China mistreats our athletes by if if our team wins a lot, I don't think uh, they're going to me- look. Number one, I don't. I don't think uh, a born again Christian is going to uh, is go- has anything to worry about. I really don't. And uh, the Chinese would be smart to not touch our athletes. I feel a bit more secure if Trump were still there. 
Not Nancy. You heard the crazy nonsense she just said. Debbie, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. But you never know. Hey, remember our athletes? Remember, what was that? Uh, Munich in 1972? Uh, Israeli athletes were slaughtered by those terrorists. I think we're going to have a peaceful Olympics, I hope. Uh, I'll see you tonight, everybody, and next week. Thank you.